Welcome to episode two of the Yale Women's Leadership Initiatives podcast series, Women X of Yale, a series dedicated to telling the stories of past and current Women X students, their experiences of struggle, of identity, and of empowerment on campus and beyond. My name is Julia, the Communications Director of WLI. WLI recently released a book titled Remembering 50 in honor of 50 years of co-education at Yale College. The book features stories from alumni and current students from Yale College in various professional schools and focuses on the experiences of Women X at Yale, as well as how the acceptance of Women X has shaped Yale culture and affected the Yale experience. In the coming episodes, we will invite a number of the book's contributors to our podcast to share excerpts and insights from their essays. Today, the book's inception, development, and creation, from an idea mentioned in passing to an anthology of personal stories from alumni and current students of Yale College and various professional schools. I'm in conversation with Jen Huang and Ananya Katru, the two co-presidents of WLI. Hi, my name is Ananya. I'm a rising junior in Morse College studying global affairs. I am one of the co-presidents of the Women's Leadership Initiative at Yale with my lovely friend, Jen. I'm Jen. I'm a rising junior in Polly Murray College studying economics and cognitive science. And like Ananya said, I'm one of the co-presidents of WLI. So 2019 marked the 50th year of co-education at Yale College. Here's Ananya. I remember, at least within the Women's Leadership Initiative, so many of us were really looking forward to seeing what Yale would do. And I remember trying to figure out if there were going to be panels or workshops or what was happening. And the only real event that I remember getting an email about was 50 Fest, a night on old campus with lots of really fancy cheese and music and some wooden tiles and some dancing. 50 Fest was an event hosted by the college in late September in honor of the co-education milestone. Students were invited to meet and mingle with women alumni from the classes of 71, 72, and 73 in a nighttime celebration on old campus. And the entire aesthetic just felt really odd to me because here were some true trailblazers, so many of whom were leading the path when it came to co-education all in one area, and there wasn't really any real way to meet them. You were just sort of milling around and dancing. It was too loud to even introduce yourself at times. It just felt really odd. And we found out after the fact that there were a couple panels that were held at the law school, but there were no real mass emails that were sent out to undergraduates to invite them. And I remember leaving that weekend feeling really disappointed. And I think that really was the catalyst for conversations within our organization, at least, about what we can do to better commemorate and really talk about the history of co-education at Yale. Maybe there's a way we can do a magazine, maybe there's a way we can do a pamphlet. And then we talked about a book and we're like, oh, I'm not sure we'd be able to actually do that in such a short time frame. So a bit of time passes while they mull over this book idea. We decided to go to New York for a weekend and we just went and explored the city and we sat down at this restaurant. It was the prettiest restaurant ever. And we just started talking about how this could be a really potentially good idea to pursue. From there, it just kind of unfolded. I think there it was more just like an idea that was mentioned offhand, and then we really put in the work to make it happen afterwards. And just like that, the idea for the Remembering 50 book is born. So begins the planning process. When we 
first started with the book, we knew we wanted to have first count narratives from contributors, meaning Yale alums, people who were at the university, witnessed the history of co-education. And Jen and I both talked and felt pretty strongly about the idea of this going along the time period. So not just being the first class, but also five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later. And we thought the best way to do that would be to email as many alums as we could. So Avery, Jen, and I sat down, came up with a spreadsheet of every single alum organization in the world, and then emailed every single one of them. And we received so many responses. I remember fully getting phone calls because our phone numbers were attached to the email at random hours of the day because this is truly people around the world. So there was a lot of excitement from alums and really willing support to help us make this happen. The first thing that we did when we reached out to alumni groups was we asked them to share a Google form. They would share with us around a thousand characters, perhaps, of a pitch. And from there, we would select the ones that we liked the best and then ask them to submit a full version of the piece. After that, we reviewed all the full versions, gave them edits, sent them back, did a second round of editing, and then had them send that back to us. So that process took quite a long time. Editing and compiling, that probably took the bulk of the time that we spent on this book, perhaps somewhere between three to five months. So after countless spreadsheets and email exchanges, hundreds of hours spent sending emails and vetting pitches and editing essays, Jen and Ananya finally compiled the book's text. But they were just getting started. So next came navigating the legal process. Because Remembering 50 was to be a book published by a Yale organization, Yale Women's Leadership Initiative, there were added complications surrounding if and how they could publish or sell the book. So Jen and Ananya approached Yale's Office of Risk Management. We started out with like Yale Risk Management. They forwarded us to the Yale College Dean's Office, who forwarded us to the Office of General Counsel, who forwarded us to like other people. So basically we got redirected from different offices, probably about 10 times. There were just so many people that were involved in this whole process of figuring out like whether or not we could actually print this book. And if we could, where could we print it? I remember Jen and I would fully just be on the phone sometimes a little bit puzzled about the number of people we were being directed to. We were emailing so many people, we were forwarding emails, we were asking if anyone could help us out with this. And I think one thing that was really helpful throughout this is almost everyone we talked to was really excited about the project and thought it was really interesting, right? So I think people that we were going through at the university were happy to see that our organization was doing this work. It just was the added complexity of an organization at a university printing a book instead of two individuals printing the book. Because again, we felt pretty strongly that this was a project by the Women's Leadership Initiative at Yale and by so many people who contributed to it. So we wanted it to come through the organization itself. It took us about three months really to navigate the process with Yale Risk Management, the Office of General Counsel, and just the university in general. By the time we were ready to get going with printing and getting the book really out there, it was late March, and at that point, none of us were in the UK then, and there was really just so much going on around the world. So it, I think it was just a very complex situation. But during this process, Jen and Ananya did encounter a bit of luck. Avery, the previous 2019 to 2020 WLI president, alerted them to the Creative and Performing Arts, or CPA, book grant. By the time we found the book grant, it was already a couple hours before the submission deadline. It was just a very nerve-wracking hour because I didn't realize how long the book grant was. 
the the screen kept on loading while I was trying to submit my answers, so I didn't know if they were saving or not. And I was fully prepared for the fact that if I didn't submit or like if I submitted too late or if some like refresh went wrong that I would just lose all of my progress on the app. So I was very, very nervous when applying for it, but it was fantastic. The people who worked with us on the book grant were just super accommodating, super supportive. And when we needed to get the, the book grant extended because of like the conversations with risk management, the conversations with the Office of General Counsel, et cetera. Um, they were really, really nice on that and super flexible. So definitely really appreciate all of the support from their end as well. Like this literally would not have been possible without them because they gave us like the monetary support we needed in order to print the book. And finally, it came time to publish. We found this really great independent publisher um, and we were able to publish with them. And I think that was a really great decision because they really guided us through the whole process of making the manuscripts. They gave us the templates, etc. They kind of gave us a good picture of like what the book would end up turning out like. And I thought that was really helpful. Now we're right on the cuffs of starting to like distribute these books. So finally, we reached the last and most satisfying step of the book creation process. Here's Jen remembering the day that the books arrived at her house. I remember the day it got delivered. I just saw five boxes outside of my house. That was a very exciting moment to, to kind of open the box and finally see this thing that we've been working on for the past, it was like eight months at that point. Like they're actually real. She received the hundreds of copies at her house. I received the few that she sent over to me. And that was so exciting. I think seeing it in print, in person, was just completely different than looking at the manuscript on my laptop. After the break, Jen and Ananya reflect back upon the book creation process and also the book itself. The Yale Women's Leadership Initiative offers opportunities to learn from, speak with, and network with women ex-leaders in a wide variety of fields, work with a community of passionate and supportive women X, and launch self-driven initiatives that empower women X in many ways. WLI's capstone events and projects include the annual Women's Empowerment Conference, which brings together speakers and attendees from across the country and the world, the Leading Ladies Gala, which celebrates and acknowledges incredible women's leadership on campus, a Women's Mentorship Network, a network of over 300 students across Yale College and various professional schools, speaker, workshop, and partnership events with leaders and organizations from many fields, and Remembering 50, a book published in honor of 50 years of co-education at Yale College, which features the voices and stories of alumni of all gender identities, backgrounds, and career paths. To learn more about our organization, visit our website at YaleWLI.org. Hey, we're back with Jen and Ananya speaking about WLI's book, Remembering 50. So at its core, WLI's mission is one of female empowerment, this idea of women empowering women. So how do you feel your experience with the book creation process, um, specifically tied into this theme. I've mentioned this a few times before and I'll mention it again. This book was really a product of so many people putting time, energy, and love into the idea and the concept of sharing these narratives and making sure that the stories got out there. 
And I think one of the best examples of people being incredibly supportive and wanting to see this project come to fruition is really our contributors. The sheer number of people who will follow up with us, the people who have like, published their words and their stories with us, it's really beautiful to see the amount of energy and enthusiasm behind seeing these stories come out to the world and sharing their experiences, sharing their narratives. And for that, I was really grateful. There was also just like incredible support within WLI. I think that's one of the things that I really loved about WLI at this at that time and continue to love so much about WLI is just that if you have a really awesome project that you think is going to make a meaningful impact, people in WLI will support you and give you the help you need to try and achieve that. And when it comes to how this project has really influenced or evolved even the organization itself, I think we're working with so many more external partners this year and so many more stakeholders than we ever have before. And I do think that's a product of how much we have been liaising with external partners for this project as well. We've been in touch with hundreds of people quite literally to make this happen. And so many of them now are also in touch with us about different aspects of our organization. And I think that's been a really inspiring process and something I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, and then the other thing about our contributors is I think they're just really incredible people that want to even advance the book beyond itself. So there are a couple of contributors who have provided a lot of support in terms of helping us find legal resources or giving us ideas for new spinoffs from the project, which we might announce at a later date. But <laughs> I think it's just really great to have all of these different people brainstorming with us together. So it's definitely not just like the two of us undertaking this effort, but it's just so many people that have helped contribute to the process of making it happen. And in the end, what this collective effort produced was this wonderful book. So the culmination of many, many months of working with contributors, WLI members, uh, university offices, and each other. Um, so what were your main takeaways from the experience, whether that be the content of the book or the creation process itself? One of my main takeaways from the book was just how far we've been able to come since that initial class of women. It's definitely still not perfect here in 2020, but we've definitely made so much progress from then just reading through all of the different stories and how much people's experiences have evolved throughout the years. And I think in large part, it's thanks to these amazing trailblazers who came before us. They've done a lot in terms of making this a more welcome environment for women today. And it's really inspiring to see all that they did and what they took from it, even if they had to overcome a lot of obstacles, being able to learn from that those obstacles and then pass those lessons on to people who will read this book in the future. I thought that was really inspiring and just being able to see what their perspectives are and what their stories were. That was really incredible getting to read about that. And then in terms of the creation experience, I think the biggest takeaway from that is just learning how to persevere, even though it seems like it's not going to happen. Um, and also being able to be flexible, to adapt and find new ways to accomplish what you were trying to do without sacrificing the initial meaning. So being able to preserve what you wanted to get done, but be able to be a little bit flexible on how it was going to happen. So I think in both ways, definitely a huge learning experience, whether it's the book itself or the process of creating it. So many of the women and our contributors who shared their experiences in this book talk a lot about how much they had to fight just to be at this university and just to get 
what they needed to be students and to do well and to succeed here. And I think that really stuck with me in terms of how every single portion, whether it was creating opportunities in composing, whether it was creating acapella groups, whether it was athletics, whether it was STEM fields, whether it was being able to have opportunities to be vocal in your classes, these women were really fighting to be at the forefront and to be able to actually be at this university and feel included. And I think reading that in depth and reading the details of these stories and how tough it was is one of the first times I've been able to see this in terms of Yale's co-education history. And it's also recent, right? Our first contributor is writing from her experiences 50 years ago. That's really not that long in the grand scheme of things. And when you see stories that are from just 20, 25 years ago that have incredibly similar themes of women fighting to just be at this university and be able to have the opportunities that they deserve to succeed, it's something that you see has continued over time. And even today at Yale, we have so many students fighting to have what they need in order to be at this university and succeed. So many of these women have been real trailblazers and pioneers in terms of making sure that women today at Yale have what they do have and women in the future will continue to pave that way forward and I think fight for very similar things that are necessary. So you both mentioned these continuous themes of progress and people fighting for what they need. I'm curious to hear what other themes you identified throughout the book, other themes that have persisted over time or that you personally relate to. So I think the women empowering women theme is definitely there throughout the book, like regardless of whether you look at our first contributor who graduated in 1971 or you look at our last contributor who graduated in 2020, the biggest thing that a lot of these people took from Yale was their female friendships and being able to find a supportive network of women that would help them um, achieve what they wanted to achieve and just encourage them to do the things that they were scared to do but really wanted to do. Um, so there are stories I remember where people mention that their friends from Yale were there with them when they gave birth to their child or um, when they experienced a family tragedy. So a lot of really important moments, but also just the fun moments where maybe you are hanging out at 3 a.m. and eating McDonald's in your common room, or when you slide across the women's table um, after a late night or something. I've heard a lot of both of those from our contributors, and that's been something really cool to see. It's just like regardless of what age you're from or what year you graduated in, the strong like women friendships and being able to empower others is something that stays the same throughout. We really see a lot of our contributors talking about how creating these communities and being a part of them was one of the most important parts of their Yale experience for them. And I think that this has been really interesting and pertinent to read, especially because Jen and I recently were in a conversation with the original founders of the Women's Leadership Initiative, and hearing them talk about how in 2006, this was a concept that really resonated with them in terms of creating a community with women empowering women and really focusing on that. Um, it's still something that was really a huge part of Dale. Yale experience shows that this has continued over time. So it wasn't just the women who were in the first class, but it's women today who are seeking these communities as well. And I think that's been something that's been really interesting to read and really has resonated with me in terms of my Yale experience too. So I find myself looking at these narratives during the editing process and now in the complete book as well and seeing that I also feel like these communities filled with other really amazing, wonderful women who are excited to support each other has been one of the most important parts of my Yale experience too, just as it was one of the most important parts of 
the first class of women at Yale's experience. Yeah, that's a wonderful message. So what impact do you hope that this book or the message that it delivers will have on its readers? So I think something that I hope our readers see is just the sheer number of women who paved the path for women and students at Yale today. I think we were so lucky to work with incredible contributors who wanted to share their stories and really talked about how they navigated particular challenges at the university to make it even a bit more inclusive so that they felt like they could belong at Yale. And I think when it comes to belonging at Yale, the women that we were lucky to work with, the contributors that we were lucky to work with, talk extensively about the process and the difficulties and the challenges and go in depth into what it looked like in order to overcome those to whatever extent we could today. And I think that was a really empowering and beautiful message to get to read and get to experience throughout the book. And I think something that really stuck with me as well is many of our contributors talk about the idea of mentorship in terms of other women from previous classes of Yale or people that they were lucky to work with and really learn from and help them guide and navigate challenges as well. And I think the idea of mentorship stuck with me throughout this book more so than any others, to be honest. And I kept thinking about this while we were editing and then printing the book as well in terms of what it looks like to find mentors and work with them to navigate the challenges that we continue to have today. And really reading about the challenges that were navigated throughout the past 50 years of co-education has been really informative and educational, and I hope that it is for our readers as well. I know that there's a lot that I did not know about the history of co-education, just in terms of the detail and the depth of it, that I hope our readers get to experience and learn too. I would say that we have two main takeaways that we want our readers to take away from reading this book. The first is learning, and the second is inspiration. So in terms of learning, it was like Ananya said, this is definitely not an easy process of women being integrated or welcomed into Yale College. And so we'd love for our readers to understand what that process was, the different challenges they faced, how they overcame them, and some advice that they could pass on to other people from going through all that they did go through. Um, and the second is inspiration. So a lot of these women talk about how difficult it was to maybe advocate for themselves or to take on leadership positions because of how they would per be perceived or how they were less secure than some of the men in those same positions, for example. And that's one big theme of what WLI is also about, is empowering women to be able to take on these leadership positions and be confident enough to advocate for yourself and for others. So I would say that I definitely, we definitely really wanted people to learn what this experience was about and also draw some of those themes and take them into their own life and be able to move forward and act on that. I think we're incredibly excited about this book being printed and going out into the world. I hope that our readers and people at the university and our peers also enjoy it and learn from it just as much as we did because this has been one of the most educational experiences in terms of learning from so many incredible people who wanted to share their stories and really talk about the history of co-education at the university. And I hope that this is just as informative as it was for me. The books will be available in early September for purchase. So I definitely encourage those listening in to consider purchasing one of these books and supporting the project because there are so many people who contributed to it. There's so many people who pitched into it and any of the purchases will be going back towards printing more of these books so we can continue to get them out there and make sure that people read these narratives and really spread the word.
Remembering 50 will be available for purchase in early September, September 10th to be exact, on our website, YaleWLI.org. On September 10th, WLI will also be hosting a virtual book launch. The event will highlight our book contributors in future book readings, a Q&A session, and videos from WomenX organizations at Yale College. A link to a registration form for the event can be found on the Remembering 50 page of our website. WomenX of Yale is a podcast created by the Yale Women's Leadership Initiative. Special thanks to Jen and Ananya WLI's current co-presidents for speaking with us today. Stay in touch with WLI by liking us on Facebook at the Women's Leadership Initiative at Yale and following us on Instagram at Yale WLI. Learn more about us at our website, YaleWLI.org. Our theme song is from Entwined Oddity by Blue Dot Sessions. Other audio throughout the podcast was sampled from Ketza's Crazy Lazy and A Road Less Traveled. That's it for this episode of Women X of Yale. I'm Julia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>